you go ahead and have a seat. Good morning. This morning's a day of celebration. This is a weekend of celebration. We've been looking forward to it for a long time. And uh, just really glad that there's the hardest celebration of the church today. You know, we've got some folks from uh, out of town here with us today. And um, he's going to hate me for it, but I'm going to mention that Bruce and Carrie, oh yeah, we'll get to you. Uh, Bruce and Carrie, uh, my son Bruce and Carrie and the family are here today. And Bruce was on our staff for seven years in the early days and really super glad that they're here. I, I wish I would have been thinking, Bruce, you would have been preaching today, but it just uh, escaped me because I'm old. Um, we're going to let the sixth, seventh, and eighth graders out the door. So you were right, Heather, I forgot. So actually, no, I wanted it to be right then because. Bruce was the children's pastor, so that's a, that's a lie. I forgot. There you go. Great. It's a weekend of celebration. Glad to have you guys here. Um, one of the things that we're celebrating in that odd way is that my mom went home to be with Jesus on Thursday of this week. And, you know, I just really want to thank you all for your prayers, your love, your support. Last couple of years, you know, you. Many of you have asked again and again, how's your mom doing? And um, she's doing great now. (laughs) So thanks so much. And also on Rob's behalf, he doesn't get quite the same opportunity that I get. You know, uh, Rob's father passed away a week and a half ago, or two weeks ago almost tomorrow, I think. And uh, and he's also very grateful for the love and support and prayers that you guys have offered to him. It's a strange thing that his dad and my mom passed away within a week and a half of each other. But sure appreciate your prayers. This is a time uh, of true, intense celebration this weekend. Yesterday was great. Yesterday was really just a fun day. It was awesome. The race, the 5K in the morning, we had the right weather. It was awesome. And they were, y'all got out there and did it. Jack Ponde came in third, right? I mean, that's pretty amazing. Leanne, the winning woman again, two years in a row. Way to go, Leanne shot. It was fantastic. I'm trying to remember the name of the guy that came in first. Uh, What was his name again? Oh, yeah, Charlie Paquette, my grandson. That's right. Uh Uh-huh. That's what I'm talking about. I taught him everything he knows about running. And that's just... uh, Super, super cool. So that was a great start. And then last night, of course, we had the party. And uh, Tim, man, Tim's band, him and his brother, Tim, the bass player guy up here, there he is, okay. Tim, your band was fantastic. I mean, that was, they were just fantastic. They really set just some good rock and roll tunes going on out there under the tent. And at one point, Karen and I looked around, and we noticed that, like, everybody was happy. Everybody. We, everywhere we looked, people were happy. And some of you, we didn't know you could be happy, you know. And so it was just really super good to see you that way for a second. So it was awesome. And then the, the icing on the cake for me last night was when somebody called the cops on us for being too loud, all right? Yes. I know. I mean, this really nice officer pulls up in the cruiser, and and you know, he's. I thought he was just stopping maybe to get something from the food truck or something. I mean, they got to eat, right? And they 
And he pulls up and he goes, uh, yeah, we're getting a complaint about you being too loud. And I said, oh, that's, I explained to him, you know, that we were paying off our mortgage this weekend or it was done. We were celebrating that. And he goes, yeah, I get that, you know. But he said, could I see your permit? I said, oh. <laughs> that all depends. I mean... I've got a fishing permit, a couple other important permits. <laughs> and I said, I didn't know you needed a permit to have a party. He said, yeah, it was a live band and stuff and da-da-da-da. He said, but you know, you're such a nice guy. He said, you know, probably if you just turned it down a little bit, they'll stop complaining, you know. But I thought, this is freaking perfect, Right. <laughs> Because our reputation has just been too squeaky clean lately. And they called the cops on us because we our rock and roll music was too loud. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, woo, come on. Woo, woo, woo. There. We were properly discredited. Awesome. So many people came. So much thanks to the worker bees, Karen, on behalf of Karen, my wife. She just... You know, she knocks it out of the park for this thing, but she depends on so many people. And you guys have come out in force this time, and there's always been plenty of people to help. So thanks so much. Tonight's going to be fun. Tonight is going to be fun at 6 o'clock out under the tent. It's going to be vintage vineyard music. I mean, stuff we used to sing 25 years ago. I know, I know. And and you're going to do it the old-fashioned way, hold a piece of paper, you know. None of this newfangled media stuff, so you'll be worshiping like this, you know. I was going to put paper clips on them so you could hook it to the shirt of the person in front of you. <laughs> you wanted to do this, but just do this, okay? Or if you're together with somebody, just change off, you know, and okay, it's my turn or whatever. You can work it out, but it's going to be uh, really just a a fun night. Uh, I'm not going to preach at all. There's no message. What I want to do is just tell stories. Just open it up for some story, short stories. If you have a short story, you want to step up to the mic. It ought to be short, right? Uh, just something that's happened to you in the life of the church. Man, if you can be short, did I emphasize that? Short. Uh, then I'll just roll those out for a while. Then we're going to burn the mortgage. We're not going to physically set fire to it, okay? <laughs> Do we need a permit for tonight? Oh. Probably for the fire. Maybe a fire permit. I don't know. I have no idea. So, Okay, uh, so that'll be tonight. Uh, but, you know, we're thinking about this. What are we celebrating? What are we really celebrating? I mean, it's no small thing to have paid off a $1.5 million mortgage, right? That's kind of a big deal for a church that started in a living room, right? I mean, it wasn't that long ago. We all fit it. We were homeless. And so we moved from place to place, and God brought us here in 2001. So that's not a small thing. I need to clarify something about the mortgage thing, though. I've been picking up through the grapevine these comments. A A lot of people are saying... So now that the mortgage is paid off, can we, whatever, you know, can we, are you going to get a jet or whatever, you know, I mean, <laughs> now, I don't have any place to go, so I don't know, 
you know, are you going to do this? I need to clarify something that as awesome, cool as it is that the mortgage is paid off, you know, we, it represents about 15% of our budget, okay, uh, because of everything else that we do here and around the world. Somebody actually asked somebody else, so now that the mortgage is paid off, are we going to stop taking offerings? And I, so I just want to clarify, no, we're not going to stop taking offerings. It's very important. Plus, you weren't given to the mortgage anyway, were you? You were given to God, right? Out of your sight, you were given to God. So, so God's still passing baskets, all right? Just so you know. Just want to, but what are we celebrating? What are we really, what are we, you know, the question that came to my mind as I was reflecting on this moment is, what made us do it? You know, what, what made us, as virtual strangers, come together and do this? And not just this, but this in the city and this around the world. What made us do this? What made us virtual strangers come out of our lives and find ways to love each other? What made us... What made us do that? These are great answers. Who said that? Who said God's love? You may go, thank you. That is the correct answer. <laughs> it's the love of God, right? He got inside of us and it changed everything. Turning your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3, just the first three verses. I know what time it is, don't worry. First <laughs> three verses. And it says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that's what we are. It says, The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Verse 3, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. That's amazing. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. I love the way the King James Version says it better. Behold what manner of love the Father hath given unto us. Like, behold. It's like, can you believe this? Are you seeing this? Are you, the Bible's saying, are you looking at this? This is how much love God gave us. So much that he made us his children. That he picked us. And he made us his children. He hand-picked you. To be his son, to be his daughter, that's how much love. He says, are you seeing this? And it changes everything, right? It makes strangers come together and do crazy, amazing things. What does the love of God do in our lives? The Bible's full of answers. This, this, this passage says it does five things. It makes us his children. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that's what we are. Now, we weren't children, now because of God's love and our response in faith to what he did for us on the cross, that God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
Now you're his son, now you're his daughter. You weren't, 1 Peter chapter 2 says, now you are. That's pretty cool. What does that get you? It gets you a room at his house. <laughs> Did anybody get to the John chapter 14 part yet? Where he said, I'm going there. Jesus said, I'm going there to make a place for you. I'm going there to make a room for you. And if I go there to prepare a place for you, I'm coming back. It was almost like, don't make me go. Because I'm going. If I go, I will make a place and I will come back so that where I am, you may be also. So by being a child of God, you get a room at the house. You get a seat at the table. You get a seat at the table is the second thing you get, right? You have a seat at the table of God. You have a right to use his name. You have the right to use his name. Some of you grew up in households like me where you heard the name of Jesus Christ a lot. (laughs) My dad was really apparently familiar with him. (laughs) Something happened to my dad when he turned 50 years old and he came to Christ and he started using his name in a whole different way. As children of God, we have the right to use his name. I'm coming in the name of Jesus. As children of God, the love of God, we have a responsibility to love each other with a scandalous love. Yep. You gotta love me. I'm all yours. I'm all yours. That's scandalous. God's love makes us his children. God's love, the Bible says, makes us different here. In verse 1, it says, The reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know him. Why, do, why are we different from the world? Because the world doesn't know Jesus. And so as followers of Jesus, as those who have been gripped by his love, we're meant to be an alternative to the world. The church is meant to be an alternative to the world. You get this, right? And as the church in the West just becomes more and more of the world, it becomes less distinctive as a contrast, as an alternative. We are called to be different. To be different. Our family communicates a lot in movie lines. I don't know if you like this. You know, you just have a lot of favorite. It's really hard to marry into our family because there's like a three-month orientation where you have to watch certain movies 11 times to know what we're talking about, all right? One of our favorite family movies is, of course, Forrest Gump, right? And you know when his mom is trying to get him some education and talking with the superintendent of the school and whatever, and she's like, why can't we have the education? And he says, Mrs. Gump, your boy is different. (laughs) That's funnier to me than anybody in the room, but... (laughs) Your voice different. You know what I love about the movie is I love the way he's different. I love Forrest Gump. I want to be Forrest Gump. I mean, how is he different? He's different because he's not caught up in the complexities of the world, right? He lives a simple life. He loves the person in front of him, and he does what's in front of him to do. And he says, okay, and off he goes, right? That's what Jesus said to do. It's how he said to live. He's different. I want to be that kind of different. Christians are meant to be different. Have you ever been in a crowd and you felt left out because you were a Christian? That might be a good thing. It might not. 
it was a good thing if you felt excluded from the group because you know, what was important to you was just different and you couldn't dial in. It might be because you felt compassion for the people in the group. It might be because of that, because of your authentic faith, it makes you a simple, uncomplicated person. Now, if you felt left out because you are a religious turd, then that's not good. People should not know that we're religious. The Bible says that we should always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that is within us, meaning that people would see something different about us that would cause them to go, you're different. What's going on? I want that. But you're not going to get there by being the jerk that carries the Bible all the time and beats people up with it. But we are called to be different. This passage says that God's love causes us to be people who are in process, that we're not done yet. This passage says what we will be has not yet been made known. (laughs) One of the weird things about following Jesus is I don't know where we're going. I don't know what we end up as. He says, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. So there's a process going on that is transforming us into the image of Christ. That's a thing called sanctification in the Bible. It's a daily walk with Jesus where you become more and more like him. So you are a person in process, which kind of explains a lot of your imperfection, doesn't it? Because he's not quite done with you yet. In some cases, he's really not done with you yet. But you know, the fact that we're in process, it doesn't condone our sin. It doesn't justify our sin issues. It doesn't give us the right to go, yeah, now that's just who I am. Well, stop being that. You're hurting people. So it doesn't, it doesn't justify our sin. We've got to deal with that. We've got to invite the Lord to keep sanctifying us. But it also doesn't give us the right, it precludes us from categorizing sin. Because we're all in process. So I can't say, because I don't have your list of sins, I'm better than you. You know, there are some lists of sins that Christians make today that cause them to exclude a person. Some of you are really worked up about homosexuality and you've got your theology all figured out. And you're, you're on. But because you're not homosexual doesn't mean you're better than anybody else. Hello? It doesn't mean you can say, since that sin isn't on my list, I'm further along the path. I think the fact that you would think that shows you're not. Sin is sin. It doesn't, con- it doesn't condone or support our sin, but neither does it give us the right to say your sins are worse than mine, dude. We're all in process. It says so right here. This passage also says, this is very cool, you know, that God's love makes us pure, that it's, you know, it's his love that holds us in our imperfection, all of us. It's his love that holds us. And it says, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. That there's something happening. Do you have this hope? Are you living in this hope of Christ? <laughs> well, then it says, as you do, then it, you're, you're purified. 
There's something happening you can't see. You're forgiven. You're cleansed. Mind-blowing, I know. Jesus died for your sins in advance of your sins, right? So that as you commit sin, it's covered as you have this hope in you. Doesn't support a license to sin. Turns out you don't need one. You don't need a permit to sin. Okay? Does not support a license to sin. But the knowledge that I'm being purified. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14 says, For by one sacrifice, meaning Jesus, he made perfect forever those who are being made holy. So Jesus did something on the cross for us that when we come to him, we're made perfect. We have a perfect standing before God the Father, but that we're being made holy. He's holyizing us. That's not a word. And I think finally that God's love covers us. It just covers us. It holds us. It, it wraps us. Verse 1, again, in our text says, How great is the love the Father has, what? Lavished on us. Now, that's a fun word. Lavished. It, it just means pile it on so high, right? How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. So it's the lavishing of God's love that transforms us into children of God. Lavishing, like extra love, extra I know for some of you have been traveling with me for a long time. You've heard this illustration before, but I can't think of a better one because I love this word lavish, and it has to do with strawberry shortcake. Who besides me loves strawberry shortcake? I mean, is that God's gift to the world or what, right? (laughs) Who here also likes a little strawberry shortcake with your whipped cream? That's what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Right? Right? Yeah, shake that ready whip up. I mean, Cool Whip's okay, but there's nothing quite like the can, right? Huh? Who knows what I'm talking about? Confession. Come on, who does this? Okay, now keep your hands off if you do this and then you do other people's (laughs) strawberry shortcake. Got ya. Got ya. Okay. But you take that can, right? And you begin by building an important foundation, right? It's not, a, it's not a circle. You've got to fill the whole thing in, right? Because you're going high, right? And you're going to just keep going round and round and bringing that in in ever-decreasing concentric circles, right? We'll be doing a class on this later, and you just bring it up as high as you can until it's just about to fall over, right? And that's, that's a strawberry shortcake. Leave the can, right? And it's lavished. It's more than you need. (laughs) It's more than the situation calls for, right? It's lavished. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. Dude. Lavished. It's like we're drowning in a sea of it. How many of you like me are addicted to the love of God? I can't get enough. I mean, I get an experience like this with you all, and I feel good for a little while, but then I start jonesing for more. You know what I'm talking about? The love of God. The love of God lavished on us. Nothing can separate you from it. 
last week ago Thursday, I, I read the last passage of Scripture I would ever read to my mom. I was standing by her bedside, and, and she asked me a question, and she said, she, it was almost like in a voice not her own, because she was definitely beginning leaving us. She was dying. And she was nervous about it. She knew the Lord. She knows the Lord. She, but she was still anxious. I understood that, right? Sure. And she asked me the strangest question. She said, what can, her word was, cut me off from the love of God. She said, what, what can cut me off? In other words, can anything take away the love of God? She knew what needed to happen. Can anything Take that away from me. Is there some power that can come and change what's going to happen? And so I asked my sister to hand me the Bible that was on the stand next to her bed. And I read to her, I said, And all these things, Mom, were more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then the Holy Spirit prompted me to remind her of something. It just came to me. It wasn't my thought. And I said, Hey, Mom, you remember your baptism? See, my parents came to the Lord after I did. They actually came to the Lord as a result of our son Bruce being born prematurely. And he looked as though he was about to die. So my mom made a deal with the Lord that day. And she said, they used to love their martinis. And she said, she said, God, I'm not going to drink a martini until that baby comes home from the hospital. So she was six weeks without her vermouth, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but in the process of that, God moved them, and both my mom and my dad came to faith in Jesus Christ as a result of God's move in our son Bruce's life. All right? By this time, I'm a pastor. I'm a brand new, freshly minted pastor, and they want to be baptized. They asked me to baptize them at their church. I had the privilege of baptizing my own parents. Who gets to do that? And I said, Mom, remember? Remember when I baptized you? Because my mom was terrified of the water. I grew up in California. We went to the beach all the time, and I don't remember. I don't have one single memory of her in the water. I just see her sitting in her chair. And she was terrified of the baptism because she had to go under the water. But I said, do you remember that? And mom, do you remember how at your baptism you trusted me to lower you down into the water? She said, yes. Do you remember how the water came over your face and you trusted me? Yes. Do you remember how you trusted me to pick you up out of the water? Yes. And so I think what you need to do right now 
is to trust God the way you trusted me so that he can carry you from where you are to where he is. Do you trust him? She said, yeah. And so then nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. He loves us. That's it. Don't argue back with what a scumbag you've been this week. Don't tell me about your porn addiction and how that disqualifies you from the love of God. Don't tell me about your drug habit and how that disqualifies you from the love of God. Don't tell me about how dysfunctional your family is and how that disqualifies you from the love of God. Don't tell me how you're haunted by the sins of your past and how that disqualifies you from the love of God. God loves you. And you don't get to decide who loves you. You just get to decide what you're going to do next, right? And just this morning as we come to the conclusion of our time together, I just want to invite you into a time of just reveling in the love of God. Just let Him love you. Just let him lavish you. Let him get that can of ready whip out. Just invite him. Celebrate the love of God. If you're a person here today and you have things you want to have prayed for, we're going to have some prayer people come up here in just a minute and they'll be up here. We even have a little room over here that if it gets a little loud out here, if you want to take people in to pray, that's what those chairs are in there for. You know, maybe you're a person today who you're ready to give your life to Jesus Christ. You're going, I get it now. He loves me. I want that. Then you come. You come up to one of these people. You tell them that. They will know what to do next. Maybe you want prayer for something entirely unrelated. We're here for you. We want to pray with you. We want to pray. about those of you who are just here and you say, I want, I want to move into the love of God. I want to experience that. I want to invite you to do something. I want you to invite you to come up from where you are right now and just come up here. Come up here with me. Come on. You say, I just want to experience love again. Amy and Elisa and I, we're going to have a good time with the love of the Lord here. Experience the love of God a fresh way.